And have you seen this week? It's gonna. It's All just sun awesome. And like oh. seventy five. You know, even the weekend. Weekend was cold, but it was crystal oh, it was clear, gorgeous. Sun. And three days of sunrise. You know, we're getting like oh, I know. And at night yeah. too, the mm-hmm. pink skies. Oh, hallelujah! You could tell Jesus yeah. was getting ready to rise. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better, and by the power of His Spirit, do better. So together, we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better. So glad to have you here for week three of Who Is This Jesus? Not even halfway. Well, we're just now crossing the halfway point. So as exciting as it's been, much more to come. (laughs) Drew, thanks for bringing us the word on Sunday. Uh, Why don't you remind us, Sermon in 60, what did we hear? Yeah, so we got to see um, the story of John 3.16, right? The most famous passage probably in all of scripture. Mm -hmm. And yet most of us don't know the the story behind it. So we got to see Nicodemus and um, his longing to know who this Jesus is. Um, But being a religious leader, being so close to it, but yet missing it. And so we looked at that story where Jesus offers him this invitation and we get an indication at the end of his life of how he responded to that invitation. Mm -hmm. And that invitation to Nicodemus is really the same invitation to all of us that God loved us enough um, to give his son for us so that if we choose to believe in him, um, eternal life is our reward. And Mm so it's a beautiful extension of the week after Easter. Yeah, yeah, it's been incredible. Love, love uh, seeing these places where the stories we're familiar with happened. I love John three sixteen. See it at the end. So many end zones, right? That's right. So many stadiums, and uh, now you get the backstory. And I'm surprised the story isn't. I mean, it's such a great story, you know. Well, and one thing, this is kind of like again behind the scenes. I love giving a little bit of behind the scenes. One thing that we tried to do in uh, this series was really try to keep the shoot tied with the timing of scripture. Mm. So you'll notice that this shoe, we didn't shoot it at dark because we thought it looked cool. It's literally following the storyline of Nicodemus. It says he came to Jesus at the cover of night. Mm -hmm. And so because he was a religious leader and the religious leaders couldn't stand Jesus, we're we're ultimately going to kill Jesus, right? He came to Jesus at night because he was ashamed to be around Jesus. And so we wanted people to not only see the location, but to feel like what it would have been like, the timing and the look of the actual Bible. Well, as a guy who tried to shoot a sunrise shot in the dark, uh, it's not easy. And you had the mad skills on the crew there to get such beautiful pictures in that lighting. Well, and like no one would ever know this, but... At this shoot, it's because you're in you're you're in the streets of Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. at night, Jerusalem comes alive, right? People are out and partying mm-hmm. and doing mm-hmm. their things, right? And during this shoot, we probably had I would say anywhere from six to eight. I don't know if they were college age or high school age students all hanging out with us in the shoot, wondering who we were. We told them we were shooting for Netflix. um, And they, during the shoot, were trying to do whatever they could to distract me while I was filming. Did it work? Um, At some level, yes. But we we didn't, we just, we just tried to do our best. It was hilarious. Some of the things you don't know that go on, you just see the final product and you're just like, wow, that's amazing, right? Wow, the work that we had to do, just shushing people who didn't speak our language and just like, so yeah, it was a funny shoot. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So here's the week the message actually arrives. I was kind of curious about this series, how long ago, 
because you had a plan, travel, logistics, all kinds of stuff. So how long ago did you start writing these messages? I would say it's probably a about a year process wow. from conception to idea to the fleshing out of uh, passage to the, okay, how is this going to look like from a shoot? Is this location actually even worth mm-hmm. seeing? You know, cause some places in Israel you go and you're like, mm, this is, <laughs> you know, and so, or can you film there? Right? right. Is this, are we able to film there? Is this different than what we would think of? And so there's so many things yeah. that go into these sites. Now being in Israel, I have a pretty good uh, familiarity with Israel enough to know like, Hey, we can shoot there. I feel comfortable about it. But yeah, I would say it's a year. So you're starting to write a year out and then the video was shot. How long ago? We're currently in April. You yeah, shot we shot in- it in late February. You shot it in late February. Others go to work editing that video. Then you deliver the live portion of the video just this past Sunday. Yep. So what's it like for a message to incubate for that long? And does it change? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would would think, you know, it it definitely changes. Even when you get to Israel, I think you're making adjustments based off of, oh, (laughs) I forgot that was there. Or, oh, this, wow. Some of it is the feeling you have when you're in that moment, being present where that happened. And so mm-hmm. things morph. I think it's also frustrating because you get excited for the series and you're like, why are we doing it? What, like what it takes so long. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we edit while we're there too. Like one of the things we do is we will shoot a scene, like we'll shoot that day's worth and we'll actually, before we go to dinner, review all the footage, make wow. sure we have it all, uh-huh. make sure it's clear, make sure I don't, I, it sounds right. That way right. we don't get home and are like, oh my word, we don't have a segment. Of a, of, a, of a passage. So. Did you have instance where it wasn't good? You had to go back to a location? Uh, no, because we usually shoot like the same thing three times. Mm-hmm. And so with 4K, I think there's 8K cameras out there mm-hmm. now too. I don't know much about this. So if anybody's yeah. smarter than me listening, Taylor's <laughs> actually laughing at me right now. But you can kind of jump in and jump out and like take two shots and make them into one. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know how all that stuff works. I'm thankful for the people who do. <laughs> Very cool. Um, you talked about being so close. Nicodemus was so close to something and missing it. You know, like his whole life. I mean, he, Nicodemus knew his Old Testament better than I know my Old Testament. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah. And to be so close to the truth and miss it. I was kind of curious. Are there anything that you could say you, you know, you're close to but you miss? There could be a silly answer to this or a serious <laughs> answer to this. Serious answer could be some life lesson but or some silly thing. I probably have more silly. I, I, you asked my wife. I, this is me in a nutshell, right? Okay, I give one example that is so true to my life in, in the video. Um, fridge, right? I can literally be staring at the very thing I need. And be like, babe, where is the ketchup? Where is the mustard? And she's like, Drew, are you serious? And she's like, it's literally right there. So that would be one. Another one is my keys. I've literally been searching for my keys all over the place. Mm -hmm. And they're in my pocket. Yeah. They'll be in my hand. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, and I will get so frustrated. I'll get mad at the kids. You moved it. I'll get mad at my wife. You are always touching my stuff. And then little jingle jangle. And I'm like... Did your, I mom, seek did your mom have a phrase? So this is funny. My mom always said, if it was a snake, it'd bite you, you know, because I'm like right there, can't <laughs> see it. Karen's mom's phrase was, you know, 
um, if I show you, can I spank you? <laughs> so there's the difference in our childhoods right there. <laughs> there but I, I'm the worst. Karen, Karen slaps her head. She says she is just so scared of the days ahead because she knows it's only going to get worse. Yo, but, Ashley uh, always tells me if my head wasn't attached, I'd lose it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, fun fact, in my kids' Christian school... I we had a musical called Nick at Night, and I got to play Nicodemus. So let's go. <laughs> I don't remember. If we have, a, if we have any recording of that, we'll put it in the show my nights. Kids show are notes. So grateful, none of that exists. <laughs> they were so mortified. I mean, it was it was bad enough at the time for Dad to be up there, right, yep. singing. You yep. know, it was it was anyway. Thankful it's not recorded. Well, when we think about Nicodemus, I love that 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 simple illustration of something being so close that you miss it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that sums religion up. And I, mm-hmm. what I love about this passage is that we didn't have a, a ton of time to go into cause we're so focusing on the gospel and the invitation. But what religion does is it actually puts you so close to something, but yet you don't experience it. You don't walk into it, right? Religion teaches you that it's all about tradition and the rules, and yet you miss out on the relationship. And Nicodemus sums up such a huge category of not just the religious leaders in his mm-hmm. time, but so many religious people today, mm-hmm. right? That we, 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 we go after goodness and we go after behavior and we go after religion. And it puts us so close to the Bible, so close to Christianity, so close to a relationship with Jesus that we feel like we have it, mm-hmm. but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a scary thing. And I think like Nicodemus is kind of that, that example of how you break free from that, right? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You pursue Jesus. You mm-hmm. pursue a relationship with him. It's not about what you do. It's about what he's done mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And we didn't have a lot of time to go into that. So I, I knew you were going to ask me before yeah, you even asked me what I leave on the table. So I'm just <laughs> jumping the gun. Um, I just think there's a beautiful side. If you read um, John 3, and you look at the story of Nicodemus and you understand who he is and how much knowledge he had, how mm-hmm. much, you know, and another side note, like to religion, religion just puts the priority on knowledge. Like mm-hmm. it's all about what you know. Nicodemus knew the Old Testament, right? right? He would probably had majority of it memorized. Sure. And yet he missed Jesus for so much of his life. Mm-hmm. What I also love and in the Gospel of John is, you know, John 3 is where we see the story of Nicodemus. And then John 4 is the story of the woman at the well. Yep. And we're not going to visit the women at the well at, in this series. But I love that contrast yeah. side by side. You know, the man versus the woman, the rich versus the poor, mm. the pillar of society versus the outcast, marginalized, you know, full of shame, yep. regret. Um, so... You know, side by side, you know, the gospel is going to the very, you know, the very highest, you know, and the very lowest. Who do you think it's easier to reach? Well, I think the Bible teaches us, right? It's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than like Mm -hmm. a camel, you know, like going through a needle. I forget exactly what it says. And and if you study Jesus in the gospels, right, the people who are responding, right, this week's all about it, the invitation Jesus gives us, Mm -hmm. the people responding were the people who didn't know who mm-hmm. didn't, you know, they, they might've heard of the Old Testament. They might've know, known the law, but mm-hmm. many of them, the Jewish people were so hard to, to get them to follow Jesus because he broke the law, right? Like he, he fulfilled it, but he, you know, it, it was so hard for them because the tradition um, and the people who responded to Jesus were the sick. 
mm-hmm. the overlooked, the yeah. outcast, the mm-hmm. marginalized. When Jesus, you know, said the kingdom of God is for you, it was like they grasped that invitation. But mm-hmm. the religious, like Nicodemus, it took Nicodemus a while right. to like really grasp it and understand it. And think what it cost him, yeah. too. I mean, that to me, I think it's almost a blessing to be poor, to be broken, to have nothing, because then the desperation is there yeah. to accept an mm-hmm. offer from Jesus. But if you say everything you've gotten invested in, you know, he, he might have been thrown out of the, um, you know, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, he's a Pharisee, you know, to lo- become an outcast himself, oh, yeah. you know, and to risk everything, his reputation, he cast down the rest. I think the other thing too is just, you know, who are the Nicodemuses today? We would love the Nicodemuses today. <laughs> it's right. Right? I mean, they're educated. They give money to the poor. They're philanthropists. Yep. They're pillars of society. They're who we want our kids to marry, right? right. I yeah. mean, they are the upright, you know, educated, you know, people, you know, they're, they're the one, they're not the ones we're concerned about yeah, no. in society. And so I, you, you do too, I'm sure. We have these friends. I went to a secular university. You know, so many of my friends, they're good people. Yep. They're good people. And in some ways, they're generous. You know, they love their families. They're doing good. They're advancing the frontiers of research. They're making the world a better place. But they're atheists. Yep. Right. Or far from God. And yep. I just, and to me, I see... I can see from a mm-hmm. natural point of view how inoculated yeah. they are against the gospel. I think religious is one of the dang- most dangerous places to be. Mm-hmm. Where you don't technically see your need for a savior. You don't see your need or you've already convinced yourself that you have you have that mm-hmm. through your goodness, right? Yes. And and that's dangerous, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I remember one, one of the major differences between pastoring in the South and pastoring in the North is one thing I love about this area is it is a lost area. And so you don't have to convince people mm-hmm. of their need for hope and in, in, in Jesus because once they see it, it's like, man, why wouldn't I want that? Mm-hmm. But in the South, Christianity is so cultural, so right. religious, so check the box mm-hmm. that you almost have to convince people they aren't saved mm-hmm. before they can get saved. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is the necessary valley we all have to go through. And it's it's one of the hardest things to do, right? It's easy to show somebody who doesn't have hope, oh, hey, here's hope. They're usually going to grasp the hope, right? Mm-hmm. Not always, but it's easier to lead somebody who doesn't have hope to hope than to lead somebody from hope that is false to mm-hmm. a hope that is real. Yeah, because there's there's no need, there's no uh, like d- desire. I already have something you're trying to lead me to. Mm-hmm. We've both been on similar journeys. We're raised by Christian parents and Christian homes for the gospel from early on. I know that I, at age seven, you know, embraced it. Mm. But it's interesting to think. I mean, how much did I really understand yeah. then, you know, yeah. in the journey sense? And I know there was a major milestone in my life as an adult where I came to the point, for me, the revelation was, I used to think I was better than other people. <laughs> and I just think that's the fundamental assumption that God has to somehow shatter and break. Yeah. 
none of us is better than anyone. Right. We're all level. It's Paul's words, right? There's mm-hmm. no, not one who is good, <laughs> right? And that shatters our <clears throat> world, right? Because even now, I, my pride wants to tell me that I am... I'm good, right? Mm-hmm. Look at all the things I do. Look at the money that I give. Look at how I help people. But realistically, that's just because of the relationship I have with Jesus. It's really nothing about me. It's all about what he's done right. in, in our in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, yeah, religion is a scary, scary thing. Yeah, yeah. Paul, obviously, he called himself the chief of sinners. He was, It wasn't hyperbole. He sincerely believed it because it was his religion that made him a persecutor yeah. of Christ, yes. an opponent uh, to the gospel. So I'm right with you. Religion, it's... <laughs> oh, yeah. And what I love about this story is there's a couple things I, 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 I've wondered as I've studied this story. One, why doesn't Jesus tell us how Nicodemus responds? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why... Why doesn't the Bible say, and Nicodemus fell on his knees and worshiped Jesus? Mm-hmm. I, there's a purpose there, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do get an indication towards the end of Jesus's life, right, where Nicodemus is wrapping his body in spices. So I mm-hmm. think there's a picture of Nicodemus did fall in love with Jesus, and he realized his sacrifice. Now, that's an indication. That's a speculation. We don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish there was, like... You lead to this moment in this yeah. story, and you're like, "Oh, what is the what is the the climax?" And the Bible doesn't give us that. Yeah, and God would deliberately withhold so yes, much for us, so many questions we want answered. Even in the Gospel of John, you get to the end, and it's John and Peter, and um, you know, Jesus refuses to reveal. Um, John's uh, future to yeah. him. He says, Peter, I'm telling you yours. You don't need to know John's yeah, right. <laughs> you know, future, but there is there's a wisdom uh, in not not revealing that. I know even, I was talking to Daniel, he'll he'll give illustrations, he'll start a story and not finish it. Yep. Because why? You know, he just to leave, leave that tension, it's like, it doesn't matter what happened to them. My question is you, yeah. how will you respond. Yep. You're in this story too. Mm. You know, how are you going to respond? And that's ultimately the question we ask, right? Is how mm. will you respond to this invitation? And I think for many of our listeners, they probably have responded to that invitation of God's mm-hmm. love, of his grace, mm-hmm. the invitation to believe and have eternal life. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a secondary response again that we don't get to talk about much is once you've responded to that invitation, right? The greatest invitation in history. I think your your secondary response is, how will you not offer it to somebody else? Yeah, I mean that I, again. <clears throat> you look at Nicodemus' story, and it reminded me of of what God has offered me, and how in the world can I not not just aggressively or in a weird way, but like how can I not live my life in a manner where I'm telling people about yeah. this invitation? I mean, I'm. To full transparency, I mean, I'm convicted even as we talk about that because yeah. I just know how far short I fall of yeah. how much I could be, you know, sharing sharing the message myself. I remember leading someone to Christ years ago. We read through the Gospel of John together, and I think he shook that Bible at me and he said, "I'd be some kind of monster not to tell other people yeah. about this." Yeah. So sometimes I'm the monster, and I think we can we can celebrate our church mm-hmm. for a second um, because. I, one, when you challenge people, I don't want everything to sound like, why aren't we doing better at this? Mm-hmm. Can I just, like, let's celebrate our church, right? Easter, we had one of the highest Sundays we've ever had in the life of our church. Mm-hmm. We had over 800 more people than we did last year on Easter. Yeah. And and that 
doesn't just happen by accident. That's because we have a culture, mm-hmm. a, a body of Christ, amazing people who do share the message and the hope of Jesus. So one, awesome job, guys. Yeah. Like how amazing is that? I think it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And let's keep doing that, right? We got a lost city area that needs the hope of Jesus, needs to know the invitation of Jesus. And it's just a reminder for all of us, like, we should carry that message, carry that invitation. Yeah, I love you using the word uh, culture mm. because I think some churches bank on programs. Yeah, and it's really about a culture. We we've deliberately steered away from yes, you know, programs, um, you know, special events, those sorts of things to draw people to. But instead, to have a culture, a culture of praying, investing, inviting. Yes, always. Who is on your mind? Who is God mm. leading you to reach? How can you serve them? You know, are you praying for them? Can you invite them to the next step? You shared, I want to kind of end our discussion over a couple of things. You talked about barriers to accepting mm. um, God's offer and did a good job uh, walking through cost, you know, what it will cost us. We think yeah. about what it costs Nicodemus, professional, yeah. whatever. Um, religion, we already talked about how religion yep. insulates us, inoculates us against the gospel. Unworthy, you know, maybe we, th- I, Maybe we think, yeah, God does that, but he doesn't do stuff like that for me, yeah. right? Mm. I mean, there's just, I blew it too much, mm. you know. Um, you know, I, I used, up all my, <laughs> yeah. used up all my points. Credits, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and the skeptic, right? There's yep. just, and that's probably with a lot of my peers in school and what, you know, I deal with the most is that, you know, that skepticism. But you talked to the end about um, the challenge for us to share so there's the, there's the barriers to accepting. What do you see as the barriers to sharing? Why don't we share more? And I, I don't want, <laughs> I want to totally affirm, yes, our church is doing so, so things so sure. well. So I don't want to make this a downer, no. you know. Um, but uh, what, are, what are some of the things that get, you know, get in the way? I mean, as good as our church is doing, we could do better. Always, I yeah. praise God for what's happening. I, you know, obviously I think the number one is fear, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of being that person, you know, that weird, awkward person or a fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think fear plays a huge role. And and I think that's why in the Bible, it's one of the greatest commands, right? Do not be afraid. Um, I think sometimes this might be a a unique one, sensitivity to the spirit, Mm -hmm. right? I think sometimes we are just so busy, the spirit, we just miss the spirit's leading Mm -hmm. uh, or we miss the opportunity. Um, So I think... Fear is a big one. I think just not being sensitive to the spirit leading you to do that. Time, mm-hmm. time, right? I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to slow down and have a conversation. I get this, right? I, I, I want to, when I go to the store, I don't, I don't want to go and talk to people. I talk to people all the time and I have to like mm-hmm. remind myself that I'm not here for me, mm-hmm. right? I'm not here on this earth because I got to get this done or that done. I'm here for a purpose. And so I think just slowing my heart down and reminding myself of like, hey, every moment mm-hmm. is an opportunity. Um, not to just preach the gospel everywhere, but to be like, hey, right. I'd love for you to have... Uh, you know, I'd love for you to come to check out our church or, Hey, mm-hmm. I, I got this book. I, one thing I do is mm-hmm. I hand a lot of books out to people. Um, when someone says like, Hey, I'm, I'm just struggling with this. I find good go- gospel center books. I'm like, Hey, this helped me. Mm-hmm. You can have it. Right. Um, I think those are just small ways to, mm-hmm. to share the truth of, of God's word. I think some people probably also say, I don't have the words, you know, they may yeah, get to that moment, true. you know, and I, Keep inviting people to church. I mean, keep, you know, that. but but I think some people are like, well, I'll, I'll send them to you, Drew, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just have a hard time talking myself. But I know the one thing that's helped me is, um, and some people say, 
I, I don't want to get into an argument or I don't know how to de- defend yeah. that. But I would just, what we've heard all along is just tell your story. Mm. You know, I mean, you had an encounter with Jesus. That's right. You know, it had, and that's something no one can argue with, right? Yep. It's just like, this is what, this is what I experienced. This is what happened to me. And ultimately, that's how the gospel got traction. And you, you think about our mission, Brad, you think about more and better, right? I think, you know, when it comes to the better side, we often think better is knowledge. And yeah, of course, we often think better is taking a class. I think one of the deepest levels of better maturity in Christ is when a church begins to lead people to Christ outside of the walls of the church buildings yes. where we're having people over for dinner, mm-hmm. like our dentist or like our, you know, who, whoever and whatever, mm-hmm. um, where we're asking people like, mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to experience Jesus? Like I have, and yeah. we're not waiting for a pastor to do it uh-huh. on Easter. We're saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I'll lead you to Christ right now. Yeah. Um, I, I think that might be one of the deepest levels of better mm-hmm. that a church can get to where we're just, you know, Monday through Sunday, we are having dinner and having conversations about Jesus. And when mm-hmm. that moment arrives, you know, we allow the spirit to lead us to lead someone to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And most of our listeners are going to have so many opportunities of places that we just can't go. That's right. You have unique opportunities, and we mm-hmm. pray that you get a chance to use them. Uh, listen, that's three weeks down. Why don't you very quickly, I always think we won't have enough to talk about. We have plenty <laughs> to talk about. That's right. But why don't you just give a hint at what's coming next week? Yeah, next week we get to see yet again another place where we see the resurrection power of Jesus. Actually, like, legit resurrection power. Um, we get to see where he r- brought re- Lazarus life back from the grave. So you're not going to want to miss it. One of, the, one of the cool places I haven't been in Israel that you'll get to see. Great. Awesome. Definitely don't want to miss that. Please come back for week four of Who Is This Jesus?